Because you're not sure where Zechariah is, I'm going to give you a chance to find it. It's one of those little books towards the end of the Old Testament, okay? And uh, Zechariah chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 is where I want to focus our thoughts today. Um, I'd like to share a message today entitled, Promises for God's People. Promises for God's People. Uh, A lot of these smaller books in the Old Testament, like Zechariah and Amos and Obadiah and Zephaniah, you know, all these, all these ayahs, <laughs> uh, a lot of these, they are about God's relationship with his people. And, and oftentimes in these small books, uh, the people have kind of turned their backs on God, and so God kind of catches them in that and says, look, if you, uh, if you don't straighten out, this is what's going to happen to you, but if you do what I say, Here's the blessing that comes with that. And today, I I want to take a look at one of those moments here through the prophet Zechariah, God is speaking, and he's speaking to God's people who were at Jerusalem, okay? But we're going to translate this as not just the people of Jerusalem, but God has a message for us as well, because there's some principles here just in these two little verses that I think we can hang on to and, and really cling to today and, and walk out of here encouraged. I want to encourage you with God's word here today. How many of you know that there's nothing like getting encouragement from God's word? Amen? Because it lasts. It's a lasting encouragement when we do that. And so I'm going to invite you, if you're able to, to stand with me in honor of God's word. Uh, and Zechariah chapter 2, starting in verse 4, we're going to go to verse 5. So just two verses, but these two verses, I think, really pack a punch. Okay? So here we go. Uh, and I'm in the uh, New Living Translation today. It says, Jerusalem will be someday so full of people. I'm, I'm picking it up right in the second sentence there. So full of people and livestock, there won't, there won't be room enough for everyone Many will live outside the city walls. Then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord. And I will be the glory inside the city. (laughs) Now, some of you are reading these and you think, what does that have to do with me? I want to show you today. Jesus, I pray that we would take the promises that were given to your people here in this passage of Scripture. And God, there may be someone that needs to cling to one of these or two of these or all three of these, but Lord, would you speak to your people today? And we'll thank you for all you do. We commit this time right now to you that you would change hearts and lives. And it's in your name that we pray this. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So I, huh, I found a key here. If anybody's looking for your car key, it's, it's now on eBay. Now, uh, not the key, the car. Uh, the, the, scripture, the scripture here gives us what I want to identify as three promises that I think we can hang on to today. Three promises that God gave to the people of God centuries ago 
and promises that I believe that God has for each and every one of us here today. Let's unpack this. You ready? Here's the first promise that I think that some of us may need to hang on to today, and that is this, what I call the promise of provision. The promise of provision. Our God is a provider. Can you say amen? Uh, Looking again at verse 4, verse 4 said, and again, I'm going to pick it up right in the middle of the verse. God says, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone. God is promising this incredible abundance to the people of God. God is promising that he will provide for his people. I'm going to say it again. God promises that he will provide for his people. We can be certain of this, that God will provide for his people. If you think that you are the exception to the rule, you're not. There are enough promises in the scriptures to tell us that when we have a need, we can go to the Lord with that need and he will provide for us. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes God will provide for us in ways that might be different than how we script it out. Can you say amen? God, if you would just, if you would just help me to win the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes, I know that it will be good for, I will bless the world with all those riches. And, and, and God says, hmm, you know, you can't handle an extra $100 in your checking account. I don't think I'm going to give you $10 million. Say amen to that, all right? Okay. But, but then, then we see that, you know, when we're in these financial situations, for example, or we need God to do something for us, and sometimes we're scared to talk about money, and sometimes we're scared about talking about how God provides, because why? Because there's been some excesses, uh, especially in the United States. It's pretty much American Christianity, uh, that, that, in fact, when our missionaries come home, like when, when they've been like in a third world country, and then they come to the United States, and then they hear preaching about how to get rich, they're like, you know, I, I must have missed that. And, and, and it, it's not in there. So I don't believe that there's a promise of God to make everybody rich. But there is a promise of God to meet your needs. Now, some God blesses with plenty and and more than others okay god i believe has a reason for that uh i know people i made the joke about an extra hundred dollars in their account i i know people that in fact haven't you read these stories like people won the lottery it was the worst thing to ever happen to them and they actually end up worse than before they bought the ticket because they didn't know how to handle all of those unexpected extra funds. So God's not going to bless you with something that you are not prepared for and you cannot handle, okay? Uh, God has not blessed me, for example, with a Ferrari because I might go a little fast if I had one. In fact, I'd go really fast if I had one. So the amount of Fines I would accumulate from speeding tickets would probably surpass the value of the car. But, uh, and that's why I don't put Christian bumper stickers on my car. Can you say amen? <laughs> yeah, don't want to blow my witness. Uh, 
Hashtag road rage. So I don't believe that God wants to make everybody rich. Some he does. But here's what I know. God promises to take care of you. Paul was in prison and he was in, writing the book of Philippians. And in Philippians chapter 4, he makes this statement. He says, I know what it's, what it's like to be in plenty and I know what it's like to be real needy. I know what it's like to have everything I need and then I know what it's like to really be in need. So Paul, Paul knew both circumstances. Maybe you're like Paul and, and you've been in both of those situ, situations. Then Paul says, but here's what I know. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength because I've learned the secret of being content. I've learned the secret of being content. So I've seen some people who think that happiness will only come if they have X amount of money. And I will tell you, I've lived long enough to know that there are a lot of miserable rich people out there. So that's not, the, that's not the key to happiness. And that's not what we're asking God for. Then Paul concludes the whole thing in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And he says this, My God will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. So whatever God has blessed, with, uh, blessed you with, that is great. But we can all agree on this that my God will take care of us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, the scripture says. God will take care of you. Now on the flip side, I think there are moments when we can expect God to bless his people abundantly. And this is where we get nervous. Because, oh, pastor's going to get heretical. I'm not. Trust me on this. I'm not. But I've just seen too many times, and maybe you have too, where God has given you an unexpected blessing that you had no idea was coming. Can I give you an example from this past week? My brother and I were sitting in his hospital room, and it was uh, probably his toughest day emotionally this week was that particular day. And the reality of... And, and if you've been in the hospital, you know, uh, you know, the bills, you know, $8,000 for an aspirin, right? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and he took a helicopter to get there. So that's, boy, that's, that's an expensive Uber. Um, and so he was overwhelmed, you know, and, 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 you know, me being the big brother and my therapist would say I'm the fixer, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God will take care of you. And he gets a phone call. I'm sitting there. Uh, and he told me who it was. And he, he put him on speakerphone uh, for some reason. And uh, so I'm listening to and, and it. It was a friend that he hasn't talked to literally in 30 years. 30 years he hasn't talked to this guy. And uh, he pastors the church. And uh, they're kind of catching up a little bit. He's asking about his brother, you know, me. And, of course, he told him all, kind of, all kinds of incredible things. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, just, he goes, you know what, Matt, we're going to send you $1,000. And I'm, like, typing on my computer, and I'm like, oh, 
you know, I, I was like Homer Simpson. I was like, no! <laughs> and I looked at Matt and said, dude, God's taking care of you. A renewed friendship from 30 years ago who happened to read a Facebook post from his big brother decided, I'm going to send that guy $1,000. You know what that is? That's a God thing. So I want to encourage you today that if you feel like you have been forgotten, God will take care of you. It may not be in money. It might be in some other way. But God will take care of you. We trust him. We trust his timing. And we trust how he does it. Amen? Don't be like me and try to script things out for God. Because God's way better at this than I am. And he's way better at this than you are. How many of you just love Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11? Some of you know it by heart. If you don't, here it is. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's God's plans for you. And today, if you're a little bit discouraged because you're not so sure that you're going to get your needs met, you're not so sure that things are going to come through, I want you to hold on to the promise today that God is a God who provides. We have the promise of provision. Can you say amen? Secondly today, not only was there a promise of provision, but then in verses 4 and 5 combined, we have the promise of protection. God is speaking to the people and he says, not only is there a promise of provision, I will provide for you, but I will also protect you. Now, that was a big deal, especially in the Old Testament for, uh, for the city. Because oftentimes they would build a wall around their city. That's what the book of Nehemiah is all about. The wall was torn down around the city. And the whole goal of that entire book is the journey of seeing that wall built for that city's protection. So security was a big deal to the people of God back then. Literally... God was focused on keeping the enemy out of the city. Look what he says in verses 4 and 5. He says this, The other angel said, Hurry and say to that young man, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone. Many will live outside the city walls. Then, check this out, Then I myself, I myself, will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord. And I'll be the glory of the city, inside the city. God, I believe, not only was setting up a protective wall, in this case, a protective wall of fire around the city, I believe that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who trust in God. I believe that God is a protecting God, that God keeps us safe. Can you say amen to that? I don't want to embarrass her, but uh, Sunday after church, I got a message from Bonnie that she had been in a, in a car accident. And uh, this pastor, my heart sinks when I hear that about any of you. And, uh, and, and, and we, we actually, we, my, my son and I actually went with her to uh, get some of her stuff out of the vehicle. And when we saw that vehicle from the outside, Bonnie, my goodness, airbags deployed, and, and here she is. 
here she is. Now, what is that? That's God's protection. Okay, that's not airbags. Okay, oh, that was a, that was a good car. I'm sure it was, but that was God. See, God's a protector. Some of you don't realize that God has saved your life when you didn't even know it. Sometimes, sometimes you don't even sense his protection and it's there. I've given this illustration before, but when my, when my son was very young, uh, you know, toddler age, uh, and, and if some of you were around then, and he started running and walking really fast. And, uh, and I, I developed the system, like when he would walk like outside when we were walking to the door, I wouldn't lead the way, I'd always walk behind him. And sometimes if he'd get a little out of focus, he'd be like, uh, you know, and he'd almost bump into like the grill. I'm like, okay, that's good there. You know? and, and so I like, might move something before he runs into it. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? Grandparents, right? You're, you're kind of you're being the shield is what you are. You're being, the, <laughs> you're being the protector. And he didn't even know it. Catch this. He might, he might not have even sensed my presence but I was protecting him. You know what your father does for you? There are times you might not even sense God's presence, but he is there to keep you from harm. The Lord will keep you from all harm, the psalmist said. God is a protecting God. He not only provides for us, he protects us. I say this to people today who Maybe you're in a situation where you're not sure how things are going to go. Maybe you're a little bit uncertain with life, or maybe your job has made some demands upon you that has given you a lot of uncertainty. And so you're not sure. It may not be physically, but maybe for you it might be emotionally or maybe financially or some other way where you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. And sometimes when we follow the Lord, it sometimes feels like that we're led to places that we're a little bit unsure about. But God will protect you. Some of you have heard this story, and I apologize. I'll try to make it quick. As a youth pastor, I took a group of students to El Salvador. And there we were preaching right in the city of San Salvador. And our leader was an evangelist who used to be part of a gang. He was part of what was called the 18th Street Gang. Okay? Their rivals were the 13th Street Gang. You know them, maybe, as MS-13. This is where they originated, was in San Salvador. All these wannabes in Baltimore who think they're MS-13, these guys were the real deal. Well, they didn't like the fact that we were with uh, an 18th Street gang member. And so I'm preaching away on uh, on an evening service at a little church in downtown San Salvador. And at the end of the service, I'm going through an interpreter and 
I give the altar call, and I see this guy come down the middle aisle. The aisle is not as wide as this, but he came down the middle aisle just crying like a baby. I thought, whoa, this is, this is awesome. Uh, whatever God's doing, because it was all Spanish, okay? The extent of my Spanish is burrito, chimichanga. Are you with me? Okay. Hola. Yeah, that's about it, okay? So the guy comes down, and, and, and my, my interpreter and our team leader, they're both praying with him, and, and he's just weeping. I thought, wow, God, whatever you do. So I'm joining in. I thought, oh, God, whatever you're doing, this is awesome. Keep it up, you know, and, and you know, whatever. After, after the service, after the service, I asked Jorge, he was our team leader. I said, Jorge, what was the deal with that guy? He said, he is a 13th Street gang member. He is with MS-13. He was sent here with two grenades, one to kill me and one to kill you and your kids. Instead, he gave his life to Jesus Christ tonight. You can clap. That, 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 that's... <laughs> you see, you know what that is? It's God's protection. He will be a wall of fire around that city. He will protect you. He will be a fortress for you. Even when you don't even realize it. My mom's favorite verse was Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present or an ever-present help in times of trouble. I want you to not focus so much on the word refuge and strength and trouble, but I'd love for you to look at that hyphenated word that says ever-present. That means he is always there to be your refuge and your strength. He is always there to be your protector in times of trouble. Can you say amen? Life might seem really insecure for you right now for whatever reason. I want you to know that God promises his protection for you. Here's the last promise I'd like to give you today. We've had the promise of provision. We've had the promise of his protection. And then lastly today, there's the promise of his presence. There's the promise of his presence. Well, pastor, what's that mean? Well, first of all, look how God puts it in verse 5. At the end of verse 5, he says this, I will be the glory inside the city. That his presence, in other words, was going to be incredibly and emphatically real inside that city. That they were of his presence at all times. I was so glad we sang that lyric today. Let us become more aware of your presence. Because to be quite honest with you, we don't have to ask God to come to church. You've heard me say this, right? He met you here. The question is, do I recognize that he's here? Do I recognize his presence? I believe that we need a fresh awareness of the presence of God. And I'm not just saying this. If you think what I'm saying is that you get the Holy Ghost chill bumps in your neck when we sing your favorite song, and we kind of, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? You need to know that the presence of God is with you when you're at the store. My goodness, if you go to Walmart, you need the presence of God. 
and apparently a pair of pajamas. But listen, everywhere. <laughs> We desperately need an awareness of the presence of God. It's easy to feel God's presence in a sanctuary from 10 till whenever. But how about when I'm at work? How about when I'm dealing with people that are hurting or angry? It's one thing to have the Holy Ghost presence in a church service, and I think that's great. But to be quite honest with you, I also want to see God's people walking in the Spirit Monday through Saturday. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit when you go to work tomorrow. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit when you are in the store. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit when you're speaking to people. I want the Holy Spirit to be, and His presence to be so real that He will tell you, don't say that before you say the wrong thing. And that He will tell you, you know what, you need to say that and say the right thing. I want God's presence to be so real in you that you are walking with the Spirit and He might just lead you to pray for somebody. I'm not saying that you got to do a big old altar call prayer thing on somebody in the middle of the hallway. Maybe, maybe you just see them walking by and, God's, and, and God drops it on your heart to pray for them right there. David is at a really point in his life. King David, he had sinned. And he was asking God for forgiveness. And part of his prayer of forgiveness in Psalm chapter 51, verse 11, was this. He said, do not, cast from your pre- do not cast me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. David knew the value of having an awareness of the presence of God. God's presence is not tied to a light switch. Uh, it... <laughs> When I walked in here this morning, Jonathan will tell you, it was a racket in here. We had all these fans on, and I had to shut them all off so you could hear. And some of us think that the Holy Ghost influence is like turning a switch on and off. And I can hear God above all the noise if I had the switch on or if I had the switch off. And, and God's not controlled by a Holy Ghost switch. We walk with him 24-7. He leads us. He guides us. He speaks to us. He protects us. He, he works through us. He works in us. I want to be aware of the presence of God. You ever been someplace where you were kind of insecure about going unless somebody went with you? <laughs> Ladies, for you at the restaurant, it's the bathroom. I'm not sure what takes place there. But you always got to go in groups, okay? Not us guys. In fact, we'd prefer that our friends stay while we go, right? But like, let's say like a roller coaster. Okay, I'll, I'm nervous. I'll, sell my, I'll go if you go. Okay. And, and, and there's security in going together. Uh, I've, I've been to meetings uh, that I wasn't sure they were going to go really well. And... Sometimes I have somebody with me and that brings a lot of security for me when I, when I have that. Well, guess what? Every time you walk into some kind of situation that you're a little bit insecure about, guess who's walking with you? The Lord is. So you're not at that job alone. 
And you're not in that relationship by yourself. And you don't have to fulfill all those responsibilities all by yourself. God's with you. Because he promises his presence. Psalm 148, I'm sorry, 145, verse 18. I'm going to close with this. Jonathan, can you help me up here, buddy? Thank you. It says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. You call to him, he's near. He knows you. He recognizes your voice. You call to him, he's there. Three promises that we have. Could I ask which of these three promises you need to claim for yourself today? Maybe you need the Lord to provide for you. So you need that promise of provision. And I'm not sure what every situation looks like in, in this room. I'm not sure what every situation looks like of those that are watching us online. But here's what I know. That my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Maybe you feel a little bit insecure about life right now or about a specific situation. There's that promise of his protection. He's got you. He's got you. He's your security. He's your security. Or maybe today you need to hang on to that promise of his presence. You just need to be reminded that he's there again. He never left you. But sometimes we need to be reminded that he's right there. Which of these promises do you need to hang on to today? The Lord has all of these promises for you. Just reach out to him today and ask. Will you stand with me now over God's word? So what I want to do is give you a chance, and, and, and I'm going to just keep these three promises on the screen. I want to give you a chance to get along with the Lord and, and respond to this. And just say, God, <laughs> uh, I'm, at a, I'm at a place where I need to provide for me. Maybe you are just so stressed out about the bills. Maybe you're so stressed out about a financial need. Again, remember what God did for my brother. If he did it for Matt, he could do it for you. Amen? He could do it. He can do it. Maybe you just need to be reminded that he's there to protect you. That he will form that fortress and that shield around you to keep you safe. He'll do that for you. Or maybe you just need to be reminded that his presence is there for you. Whatever it is, would you make a place, maybe a personal altar? Could be at your seat. It could be up here at the altar. Whatever is easiest for you to be able to cry out to God, you and him. Would you do that today? Maybe you want to thank him for these promises because he's demonstrated that in your life lately. Do that. But let's make this a place of prayer now. And let's ask God that his promises that he had for the people in Jerusalem centuries ago would be for a bunch of people in the Akron area centuries later. And we can say, Lord... I claim this promise for myself. And when you're done with God, you can consider yourself dismissed today. Jesus, 
I ask you now that you would touch your people. I thank you for your promises and your word. All of your promises, Lord God, are yes and amen. Lord, we ask you that you would move in your people's lives. God, that we would claim these promises for ourselves. God, we might need provided for. We might need protected. We might need your, uh, your presence to become more real. Whatever we need, Lord God, we just call out to you and we pray that you would provide it. So Lord, meet with your people and us with you and anoint these times. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. God's released you. You can be dismissed. If you need to pray, do so right now. God bless.